Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil, where we have a chat with Mozart. Um, I think everybody knows who Mozart is, one of the most prolific composers of classical music um, from a couple hundred years ago in Europe. I think we do get to the bottom of some of the mysteries that have surrounded Mozart, and so we're kind of excited for you to listen to that and, and see what you think. For example, um, you know, what happened to his body after he died? Where is his body? I think that's quite, <laughs> that was quite interesting. Also, did he compose his famous Requiem, which was like the last work that he put out there before his death? Uh, there's a lot of, I think, controversy and questions around that. And I think that was pretty clear as well we kind of get out of this that that he suffered I think from depression at times and also just kind of a general heaviness and despair I guess she says at one point and so we we find out a bit about you know what brought that on um what changed between his childhood and his later years uh he only died when he was 35 but I think he had quite a not a tortured existence, but I think it was a little tough for him. And so we go into what might have been the cause of that. Um, we talk about his childhood, what that was like being a, a young star at, uh, you know, performing for people, I think at five years old, maybe he even started and being on the road as a kid, performing all the time. Reminds me of Michael Jackson, actually. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. And then also uh, when he died, like, what was the mood like and how was that news received by the general public? There's also a cool thing that came up during this interview, which is that apparently there is a, well, there's a physical connection between Beethoven, Mozart, and Bach, who were all kind of contemporaries during this time, but then also on a spiritual level too, apparently there's something going on with that. So that was really interesting, but I do wish in hindsight <laughs> that we'd gone a bit deeper with that. And I'd asked and a few more questions and probe deeper into that because I wasn't really clear on the timelines or anything of, of exactly how these people crossed paths if they did. And uh, I kind of wish we'd explored that a bit more, but it's also really interesting just to these big names, you know, in the musical world and how they are somewhat connected. I think if you're a fan of Mozart and are, are into, you know, classical music, even just to get a glimpse into what his life was like and what it was like being Mozart, I think you'll get a good sense of that with this episode. So I really hope that you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. And as we say every week, we're so excited. <laughs> I actually am really excited because we are going to interview Mozart, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. And there was a lot of controversy around him, even, I don't know about so much during his life, but certainly directly at the end of his life about things that he'd done, whether or not, you know, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. And so... <laughs> you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of excited to explore that and just to find out again about somebody. There's a fair amount of documentation about Mozart because it wasn't that long ago. Like he died in 1791. Yeah. And of course, um, I think most people know who Mozart was. So we don't need a whole bunch of 
introduction on that front, although he was considered to be one of the greatest composers of all time. His, um, the materials that he composed were like, span the whole range of what you can compose. So it wasn't just like he just did operas or he just did symphonies. He did concertos and like little comedy, yeah. like everything. He did everything. He was prolific. And even though he died at 35 years old, he'd composed, was it 600, 800 different pieces many, of music? Practically started when he was three years old. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he had a short but illustrious career. So Victoria... Do you want to just tell us what you know about Mozart, if anything? <laughs> Some of what you've said about him being a musician and him being from Austria. And I know that Queen Charlotte liked him because I just saw it in Bridgerton. So, All right. And that you see his name on a lot of classical music. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know anything about his personal life. Okay. You never watched Amadeus? No. Because that's like our generation. I think everybody's seen this movie. I was reading an article by a guy who's like, you know, I just assumed all of that was true and that this is how he died and yeah. this is like what happened. And then I realized since then that maybe it's not completely accurate. So we're a bit more familiar because this movie was like a big deal back in the, when would have that, 90s? I've never seen it. You haven't? No. I thought everybody had seen that movie. I've seen it like a few times. I should probably. I'm sure there's other ones too that are more accurate. But anyways, it's a fun movie if you get a chance to But I hear it. it's very dramatic and... Some of the stuff just isn't even close to being true. <laughs> Could be. We'll find out today, I guess. Yeah, we'll let you do your magic. Okay. I don't know, it's interesting. I don't feel like I'm getting anything. It feels like there needs to be a question asked first or something. Does he remember playing his first musical instrument? I feel like the question needs to be more related to... Like, not something personal that he would answer. It feels like he's not ready to step in as himself. So, like, let's just explore the time okay. or his life without his... What was Salzburg like in the seventeen late 1700s? I feel like I'm seeing it there in springtime. So it feels quite fresh. Um, I feel like I'm seeing the part that's more aristocratic or wealthy. I feel like I can see one building in particular. It's quite square or more rectangle, but sharp edges. What is that building? Feels like a place where the wealthy would have gathered. Maybe for events. Maybe Mozart went there. Mm. Um yeah. I guess the other question would be, what was the music scene like at that time? Say like the 1750s, 60s. It feels like it was kind of shifting from being a bit more traditional to... There was a traditional base to it, but it feels like then musicians started exploring newer things and it became a bit more upbeat and energetic. But before that, it felt a bit more solemn. And, I think you're bang on with that. Okay. Yeah. I think before it was very what Baroque, and then it was, there's kind of like a reaction to that. Because Mozart's music is quite, like, lively. Mm. I always think of it that way. How did he fit into that scene? 
but it feels a lot younger than any of the other composers or musicians at the time. And I know that he did start young, and obviously he died very young too. But he doesn't feel like he fits the mould. He feels like he's naturally bringing in this fresh energy rather than trying to create something new. Like, it wasn't as if he was one way and then changed it. It feels like he always had this energy in his music. Whereas other people who were older feel like they would have been more with the traditional way of music and then try to switch when they felt the tides changing. Mm. But it didn't feel so natural. And he seemed to like the limelight. Was he so different so he could, I guess, catch that limelight? Something about him feels like an anchor of the time, so it feels like he's the centre and everything kind of revolves around it musically. So maybe that's the limelight of he is the centre of attention. But let's see with that if we can really get him in now and get some of his personality because we'll be able to see if he really wanted that or not. Well, it's interesting that for someone who you're saying like the limelight, he's not coming in full force. Like, he's not showing up and saying, hi, I'm Mozart, look at me, let me show you who I am. It doesn't really actually want to come forward, I don't feel. Why is that? I'm hearing a bit like I've had enough. Or he doesn't want to expose himself deeper than the music. I don't know if he actually wants to look at his personal life and would rather just be remembered for the music. Is there things in his personal life he's hiding? I feel like with these kinds of ones, it's just like a slow warming up. It's like when you meet someone, they don't walk in the room and just start blabbing about their life and any question you ask, they'll answer. So I feel like we need to give it some time with him. What was he most proud of in his life as Mozart? It's like he accomplished a lot, but that also feels like it was draining because it feels like he would have been traveling quite a lot and performing in different places. Did he enjoy performing with his family? It doesn't feel like there was that much breathing room or time for family and a personal life so much. Was this when he's older? It's really hard to decipher this one. (laughs) Because he traveled around Europe with his family when he was a child. So with his mom and father and sister. And they performed all over Europe. They even went to England. So for three years? Yeah, I guess. For three years he did that. So I guess we could ask him that. Like, What were his recollections of that time? Did I say that he felt tired? Yeah. Okay. It just feels like a a bit of a whirlwind and he's just dragged from place to place. It doesn't really feel like there's much time to soak in how he feels about it. It's just like, this is what I'm doing. I'm kind of, feels a bit like a monkey at the zoo. Because there was speculation of him or his father taking advantage of his children by kind of slaving them around to do all these concerts. Because his sister was quite gifted as well. So the two kids would perform and they were young and they could do all these amazing things. Even in front of Maria Antoinette, Mm -hmm. who he said, I'm going to marry you someday. He was 12. He told Marie Antoinette that he wants to marry According to what I've 
I've read and seen. That's cute. I feel blocked. It feels from him there is no room for expression in an emotional way. So yes, he's able to play and he's really gifted, but he feels stifled in his expression as a person. So I can't imagine that he would have very much enjoyed it at a deeper level. But he also may not have been conscious of that because he was a child and just kind of, it became the norm. Yeah, you just go with it. Yeah. What was his relationship like with his sister and his parents? I feel a lighter energy with his sister and his mum over his dad. It feels like when he's with his sister and his mum, there's more room for him to breathe and be more himself. But then I feel his dad come in and it does feel overbearing. When his dad comes in the room, it feels like he needs to switch into this, to be an adult actually, when he's not an adult. It's like he has to be really composed and mature, but that's not who he is. So it feels kind of sad. I think that's why he's having a hard time coming through because he doesn't really know who he is or was. There's a part of him that feels like trapped in a box and I want to get to that part and not the part that he's presenting himself as. How do we do that? I guess tell him it's safe for it to come out now. But continue asking questions. Okay. So he did one trip with his family for those like three and a half years. And then shortly after he did another two year trip to Italy just with his father. So how would he compare those two separate like long journeys really? They do feel different. The one with his entire family feels a bit more spacious energetically and the one with just his dad to Italy feels a bit more serious. And at that point he probably was taken more seriously. So it is more just about do the job, do the work. Whereas the first trip with the family feels like there was at least a bit of space. Because at that point he was growing into being somebody Whereas on the second trip, he's already kind of grown into whoever his dad wanted him to be. And so he had to stick with that and be it. So it feels quite draining. And I think the second trip was about finding him a commission or a job. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more pressure, I think, on that than being the traveling roadshow. It feels kind of sad, but I, I don't feel that he feels that sadness, it just feels sad looking at it, but I don't think he's, that sadness is coming through him. What are his fondest memories of his childhood? I think he did enjoy the traveling part. I think it was exciting for him to see new places and be in new environments and knowing that not as many people got to do that, especially at his age. He also feels like quite a keen explorer so he may have like gone off in gardens and things when he was in new places that I can imagine him like at a palace or something, like just wanting to look around. And that's a part of him that wants to be a child. Mm. Curiosity. Yeah. Well, I think if, I mean, I'm not really sure, but I get the sense that I think classical music in those days was just an upper class thing. So, all of his traveling around would have probably been in, you know, the courts of kings and queens and... Wealthy districts. Yeah. Did his family come from wealth, though? Because my feeling is that they're more, like, middle... They, they didn't, know. Not... His yeah. father was, like, a... 
he was a musician, but, you know, a musician in the employ of different people. Yeah, they don't feel like it was a major struggle, but they don't feel like they come from the upper classes. So that's why there's like the pressure on him so they can be somebody. But it also feels like they're never going to be who the dad wants them to be because they weren't born into that. Mm. They're always going to be on the outside because they're the performers. They're not in that society. That makes sense. Is there anybody in particular that like really resonated with him that he met in his travels? Like you said, he met Queen Charlotte and was it Marie Antoinette and stuff. Is there anyone? I don't know if it can be that specific. It feels like there was a woman, I can't say who she was, but someone of status who felt very kind and loving towards him. So it feels like there was someone who who didn't just see him as this performer on stage. Like she actually felt kinder to him, which felt different of the time. Did, did he have a love interest for this woman? No, no, no. He, if this was like when he was like... More motherly. Yeah, and he was young at the time. Does he have anything to say about meeting Johann Sebastian Bach? Older than him? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like at the time he was actually aware of the importance of these people that he's meeting. Mm. It feels like more his dad's the one like, it's Bach, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to... This is someone to take seriously. But he... I don't feel this awareness. It... Because he was into music from so young, it, it doesn't feel like, oh, I grew up listening to these people and now I get to be in their league and I right. finally meet them. I mean, he's just a young, curious kid, so he's probably just taking each person at face value. I'm like, oh, you're nice and you're not, mm. and didn't care if they were the empress of something or other. And when you're born into that, from a young age you start, you you don't see the contrast of what life was like before and what life is like now. It's just a slow progression of success. So, yeah, meeting these people doesn't feel like it shocks him. Right. Does he, how does he feel about Buck? I feel like his relationship towards him could have shifted as he got older. Is there any aspect of it that Wolfgang thinks, okay, we speak the same language. Feels like they do and they don't, musically. Like, there's... I can't explain it because I'm not a musician. Um, I can just I read the energy, not the music. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying it and see what comes of it. The cat's playing the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so what is it when you say you're just going to say it? Okay, energetically it feels like, there's something about Bach that feels quite light and open. And Mozart actually feels more rigid and tense. Does that make sense with anything? Mm -hmm. I don't really know much about Bach's personality. Again, he wrote very fugish, like, da -da 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 stuff with many notes. So I could see how that would come from that kind of an outlook on life, I suppose. Mozart feels like there's more of an intensity energetically, and I, I don't know if that's personality or just music-wise. 
I mean, it's probably correlated. It's, yeah, it's coming mm -hmm. through you. So yeah, <laughs> it probably is. No, I mean, I think he is known for the intensity of his music. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's why people relate to it so much because, yeah, they say even in, in his, like, the very last year, he started writing again, like, lots, and he was really playing with, like, you know, people's emotions and how to draw that out and, like, have these, you know, big moments and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, he was really sort of honing his craft. Bach feels lighter, though, like, there's less weight on him and therefore on his music. And he's probably a lot more mature too. Yeah. But he feels like he's creating from a space of joy a bit more. Interesting. I just think it's so neat that all these people that are so famous today, like the main, you know, they were all alive at the same time mm. and, and, and got to interact with each other. Because it's not so easy going from Austria to London. Yeah. Um, but he got to do that and meet all yeah. these different people. And I think it really shaped him mm. musically, taking a bit of this and, oh, look, this is what they're doing there. And like, oh, look what the Italians are doing. That's cool. And taking a bit of that. And I think he did pave the way in, in sort of creating this new form of music. When was Beethoven alive? Because for some reason he keeps popping up in my head. Yeah, so what's he saying? <laughs> <laughs> what was Beethoven saying? Is he part of this? Yeah. Okay, because I'm like, uh, is this a whole different time period? And I'm just thinking of Beethoven because he's another big name. But he keeps popping up. Okay. In what way? I don't know. It feels interesting to have like three big names pop in. Well, it makes sense because um, according to what the NDEers were told, the near-death experiencers, uh, those three were in the same soul group. Oh, really? Yeah. Powerful soul group. It's an avatar soul group. Everyone's <laughs> all the famous ones, I guess. Well, people who change, yeah, change the path famous. of yeah. life, yeah, of the world. <clears throat> okay, so what's the dynamic okay, between so, those two? Because I feel joy come up when I put the three together, and Beethoven like wanted to creep in. What do you want? <laughs> um, I see them standing like in a line together, or more like a semicircle, and it's like Mozart on the left, Bach in the middle, Beethoven on the right. And they all feel different energetically, so all, they all have a different frequency of, of whatever that is they're bringing in. And for some reason it feels harmonious, like the whatever they're emitting to the world energetically feels harmonious. And almost like it all works together. Did they all think they were giving to the world in that way? No, I don't think so. They were just doing what they loved or what they just came out of them. I guess I could look at them individually and see which one felt what. Did he ever meet Beethoven? I don't know. It feels like there's quite a distance between them. Where's Beethoven from? Probably German. Or what's that? Dutch? German. Maybe a name like that? Yeah. Not sure. I thought he was German. There's definitely more of a space energetically between Mozart and Beethoven than Mozart and Bach. And it doesn't have to mean that's a physical distance like they didn't meet, but there's not... Bach being in the middle of them feels like maybe he would have had relationships with both of them, but they might not have had a relationship with each, with each other? other. Okay. How does Beethoven feel about Mozart? Beethoven feels like the maturest of them all. Is he the oldest of them all? No. 
with the baby. Interesting. He feels mature. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's older soul. Beethoven feels like more of a combination of the two, of Mozart and Bach. And he had his own way too. Oh, I can't explain it. Again, similar energy, just very, but very individual. There's no point comparing them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Beethoven, I think, was 15 years younger than Mozart. And I'm sure Mozart was quite a bit younger than Bach. And he, you know, once Mozart was more established, he came knocking at the door, really wanting to study with Mozart. But people aren't sure if they ever actually did meet. Mm-hmm. But he did take some inspiration from Mozart. And I think wrote some pieces of music attributing his inspiration to him but he did try to meet up with him because he wanted to be his student my feeling is that mozart wouldn't have taken students or wouldn't have really wanted to so much so maybe he got brushed off yeah there's a kind of a a closing and a harshness to him in a way he dealt with a kind of a tougher life than those other two, I think. Mm. Well, it's interesting, too, because Beethoven being 15 years younger, and Mozart died at 35, so, so he was, like, what, 10? 20. Could have been 20 knocking on the door. Yeah, yeah, or maybe younger, so who knows? Can, can I fast forward to some, like, so uh, Mozart was kind of a, a partier, they said, the biographers said. And he lived beyond his means. And he had, I don't know, he, he, he drank a lot. Is there, was that, a, was that to escape certain things in his life? Like maybe the work, since he worked so hard, so much? Is it even true? Mm. <clears throat> I do feel like there's a bit of a darkness to him as he grows up, so I, I'd say now we'd probably call that depression or something. Yeah, he was known to have depression. Mm. He was quite depressed, actually. And he feels like he could have been a bit of a recluse, which is why he wouldn't have wanted to work with people. And as he got older, his music, I sense, became more intense, as he became more intense and a bit darker and heavier, but it still evoked feeling. It wasn't like... A light, soft darkness. It was like a real, almost, I want to say it feels like thunder. Hmm. Rather than sad rain. And do you get a better sense now of what his personality was like? I can definitely feel it shifting throughout his life. So younger, he feels lighter, more, more curious, wants to explore. But his childhood gets cut off really young because he has to work from such a young age and is made to be serious and then it kind of just moves forward in darkness it feels like was he like a funny guy like if he had a sense of humor it would have been a dark sense of humor do you know what he's known for what? a scatological sense of humor what does that mean like he's interested in jokes about poop oh what Same. yeah scat yeah. Interesting. Did you say same? Yeah. 
We'd be best friends. <laughs> um, hmm. I do feel like he did go out and drink. I don't see him being alone all the time. It feels like he was a recluse emotionally. Or that he didn't have deep friendships with people. But he would go to social gatherings. But then he would just kind of lock himself away. And be more on his own. Mm. And go in his own world. But he, it, I do see him at social gatherings. But it doesn't feel like he would have been able to function without drinking. Um, so if you want to go into his personal life maybe a bit, mm-hmm. um, what's his relationship like with his wife? I'm hearing that she doesn't fully get me. I don't get myself either. She's someone of nobility. Not really. Uh, actually, I think her family, her father had died. And so then they needed, you know how in those days, sometimes like then, like in Bridgerton, the father dies or has debts or something, and then they have to try to fend for themselves, all the, the kids and the mom. So they started taking in lodgers, the mother and the, the kids. And he stayed in their house, and that's how he met her. Okay. So they might have been somewhat like noble or upper he class. Helped, he even helped them financially. Oh, did he? Okay. And which his father did not like. It feels kind of nice for him to be part of a family and to have a a use other than just his music. But something feels misplaced, like he doesn't really know himself. It feels like this is a very new territory and area of his life he's going into, like relationships. So he doesn't really know what he's doing. But he would know what the right thing to do is, which is to help people. And I, I feel like he did feel some kind of connection with her. But it feels like there's a space between them. It doesn't feel like a really intense love. What about children? Did he have a boy? That's the one that's sticking out to me. For what reason? Or like how? Kind of feels like mini Mozart or... Um, Maybe I'm seeing like the correlation, like how he, his dad acted towards him, and then how he would act towards his son, and how he would or could do things differently. And I do feel affection there, but something about it also feels a bit difficult. I don't know much about him or how old he was. What about other children? Is there like a general sense of how he feels about? This is where I feel more of a depression and sadness come over him. So he feels more subdued, and like head hanging down. I see a girl there as well. I don't know, I feel a bit of despair. Like he doesn't really know. It all becomes a bit too much. Should we tell her? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because he had six children and four of them died. I thought five of them did. Oh, did the boy with, die? Or uh, I think die? the I think two boys survived, but like they all died within a year. I think some within like six, hours. Yeah, yeah, a couple months, six months. Like had four children, infants die, and I just think how can that not have an impact? Especially on the wife. <laughs> yeah, like. <sighs> and she was known to be pretty unhealthy too, so a lot of. Their money was going to doctor bills. Oh, really? And he, was she mentally unwell? Dad, I don't know. They only they talked about her physical 
Do health. you think she was? Feels that like perhaps after the children died, it would have affected her mental health a lot. Well, naturally, but I feel, I was going to say I feel Beethoven, I feel Mozart, yeah, the head hanging, hanging down and just kind of being sucked into the darkness. It feels like it starts out kind of nice, like, oh, I've met someone and it's a new area of my life that isn't my dad's. It adds like a freshness. I'm not just focusing on the music. And then all this dark shit happens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why did I let myself do that? Yeah, it feels very sad. Yeah. Okay, here's a question. So his sister, mm -hmm. um, her name, he called her Nan Nanaro. Her name was Maria Anna Mozart. And she was very good, uh, a very accomplished musician and composer as well. Did any of the pieces that she composed get published under his name that are actually her compositions? It feels like their father wanted Mozart to be more successful than the sister. So it does feel kind of likely that he would have taken from her if there was something good there. Because it would have been more well recognised being under his name than hers. But that doesn't really feel like it's Mozart's doing. It feels more like it would be his dad. Hmm. But you think that that happened? Yeah, it feels highly likely. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And I also don't know what happened to her after. Yeah, that's a good question. Because she was like up there performing with him and then he left and just took Mozart. So like, what did she do? Maybe she just went, got married and had kids or something. Mm. and It all went out the window. But he looked up to her a lot. And that's how he learned was like watching her get lessons from the father. And, and he wrote to her a lot. And then like in his letters to her, he's commending her on the compositions that she sent him and stuff. Mm. And I think there's a couple forensic musicians who, who have the theory that some of the violin concertos or something, I'm not sure what kind of pieces it were, that were actually composed by her and not him. Yeah, it does feel like they were close growing up and there was a mutual fondness for the other that the dad gets in the way. Mm. That's sad. Yeah. What happens to the mum, though? She doesn't feel like she has as much weight on the situation. She's... She, I guess women would She dies at some she point. She died kind of okay. young in his life. Mm. Feels hard. It feels kind of blow after blow for him. Like the only constant in his life is his dad and he's the one who's the bad influence and bringing him down. And like good relationship with his sister. It feels like a good relationship with his mum and his kids and his wife. And then they all kind of get wiped out in one way or another or like the separation and it, his dad just feels like the constant hmm. pulling. Is there anything that he sees as like a turning point in his life? Did anything specific happen around like 22? So did he get married? I don't know. I wonder. He, at one point he branches out on his own hmm. and goes independent. From his father? Um, Just, you know, because... He took a job working for this archbishop and like he was looking for these jobs all the time. They're like, oh, you can be the organ player. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't want to do that, you know, and he was looking for more. And then and then uh, he wanted to work for the emperor. 
for is it Joseph the second? He was like, I want to meet him because it, once you see, you know, and have just more freedom to to compose. I think really. Mm -hmm. And at one point, he was offered a gig that would have been like half his year's salary with this archbishop. And the archbishop said, no, you work for me, you can't go. Oh. And he was like really furious about that. And then he ends up leaving and just becoming independent. And I think that's kind of when his career starts to flourish. Mm -hmm. But his father, because they have letters from him to his father and back, um, was really saying, you need to stay and you need to honor. And he, he went against his father at that point and struck out on his own. And then after that, you don't hear a whole ton more about the father. I'm That's not sure, really actually. I'm glad he got away. I think his father's name is Leopold. Yeah. Okay. Like, how does he feel about that incident? Liberated. Feels like there's a strength there. And then I see him on stage all by himself, and then it's like in the limelight with a spotlight on him. And it feels like an accomplishment because there's no one hanging over him. And yet still, I, I do feel this deeper sadness and loneliness. Mm -hmm. Breaking away didn't solve everything. So I guess we could talk about how did he die? Just thinking <laughs> death. Oh, Mozart, how did you die? Do we know for sure? No. No. There's different theories. There's 118 theories. No. Really? Exactly? About the different medical conditions people think oh, he might have okay. had or... Even his own theory. I mean, I guess that's giving it away. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, he's only 35. Yeah, he's young. It, I'm feeling something in like my stomach region or like around that area, like around the back. So like liver or kidney or something. Something inside him doesn't feel like it's functioning quite right. There's something that he wrote that mentioned that he thought he was being poisoned to death. Oh. Does he, does he believe that or does he know that to be true now? No, that doesn't, that's true. Do we know where he was buried? Does he know where he was buried? Do we know? Mm, no. No one knows? <laughs> Do we know where he was buried? It's weird. It feels like he could have been kept in more of a, like an above ground situation. I'm just, I'm thinking of when you go into churches and there's coffins. Yeah. Above ground. Like yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess the question I could ask is where there's a monument right now saying that this is where he was buried. Is that the is that right? Is that is? it is? My feelings, no. No. Is was he buried there? with his children? Feeling something about like needing to be careful because of grave robbers. Why? Maybe they buried him with something or just because he was who he was, someone would have wanted to do something. I do feel a sense of peace now, though, when you say, like, buried was he buried with his children? I don't know if that's because he was buried with them or because when he died, he was with them. Well, there's a story that what the great the guy who, who buried him later went back and took his skull, and it's been at this Mozart museum 
Oh, and I don't know if it's actually his. Yeah, is that his? Is that his skull? Well, I said he had to be careful of grave robbers. <laughs> Someone wanted to take something. Maybe it was his skull. <laughs> and I guess that means it would be above ground if it's on display in the yeah. museum. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So is that skull his? If I'm going to trust myself on everything I said, then yeah. Hmm. There's a part of him. Yeah, apart from this above ground. <laughs> That's so funny. How does he feel about that? It's like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it, they wanted to test it. And so there's a family grave. So I think it was, I, I don't know. Anyway, so it's two, two female skeletons from his family. So they exhumed them and then wanted to test the DNA against the skull, but then it turned out that the two bodies in there weren't even related, so they weren't able to oh, verify oh. whether or not he was part of that family or not. Just an interesting tidbit. Yeah, no, Another no. interesting tidbit, because I'm into health and stuff. Uh, the year he died, 1991, or 1791, between 1791 and 1792, there was an epidemic of deaths from streptococcus and and they think perhaps that's how he died. And during that time, because of so many deaths, there would be more grave robbers around. So I thought that was kind of also another interesting yeah. tidbit. So what are the theories on how he died? Mercury poisoning, which I, I don't, he wouldn't be able to function if he was mercury poisoned towards the end of his life. I mean, because he was, he was still composing and mercury poison is more like autism, the same symptoms. And then, um, streptococcal, he thinks he was being poisoned and that's the only ones that I know. Did you, you uh, something like some inflammation of, and it might've been the stomach. Oh, I saw it, but I didn't write it down. There's another really fifteen different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't feel that he was poisoned. There's whole YouTube channels on not channels, but videos on how he died. Yeah, I know. It's funny in looking looking into him you realize, well, a lot of people care about this and have studied many aspects of it. Yeah. There's another big mystery that's probably the biggest mystery about him, which is um his last composition, the Requiem, did he compose the version that everybody has? It feels like there may have been an original version that was 100% his, but then there's something about this one that someone else may have added something to it, or like there's a little bit of something that's different in it. But he completed the whole work on his own before? I feel like he had his own version and then somebody else added something. Why did they do that? I don't know, but it feels like there's this core depth to it, which feels like Mozart. And then there's like a light or something around it that doesn't feel like it's his thing. And, and was that done on his instructions? That's a good point. Yeah, because at this point, health-wise, he doesn't feel as centered and grounded as he would have been before. So I feel like he may have asked someone. It feels like a confusing time whenever this is made or composed or whatever you say. 
or have there is it that there's been like edited versions long after he died no it was like no. directly like people that he knew did bark have anything to do with it no so he was he was um he was sick mm-hmm. and he'd been commissioned to do this requiem anonymously somebody showed up at the door and gave him money and said we want you to, to compose a requiem and we want you to deliver it to us so apparently he did that and then they only found out when this particular guy who was maybe a duke I thought he was a composer but he was also a duke oh, okay um, when he died they found the requiem in his papers and then realized that that was Mozart had composed it. But I don't know, I'm confused now about what happened. Like if he'd, because he was on a, his deathbed trying mm. to write this thing. He also thought that because it's like some mysterious person showed up at the door, he didn't know who it was. And in his mind, he started to think he was writing his own requiem. Yeah. And that was like played a big part in the friend, frenzy probably that went into writing mm. it. And, and he felt like he's writing it for himself. Because he felt he was going to die soon. Because he was sick, I guess, for a while. But none of his friends around him wanted to take credit for having written it because they're like, this was Mozart's, you know, and they didn't want to like, oh, you know, I co-wrote it with him or anything like that. Okay. But they think that they did and that he would have maybe said like, hey, I need help with this part. Or they know that he'd done like these three, you know, Requiem has different parts in it. So that he'd done like the Curie and some other parts, but that other sections were given to other people to do. But you get the sense that he wrote the whole thing and there was just some like filling in the gaps that was done by someone else. It feels like there's the core of it, which is him. And then around that, like in a semicircle, feels like this lighter energy, more like angelic or maybe spirit was helping him do it. Hmm. I don't know. It just feels like there's a, a depth, darkness, intensity to it, but then also this added bit that feels lighter. Hmm. And do you know if that was done by a different human? It either feels like, I don't know if I can confirm that, but it either feels like a group of humans coming together to support him or a group of spirit hmm. supporting him. This just feels like there's something around it that's holding him in that depth and darkness of making that. So it very well could have been that it was living people yeah. that clearly cared about him. But I do feel like the majority of it was 100% him. Okay. That's cool. Because nobody knows, really. And even the wife, so she was still alive, and even to her deathbed, she never said exactly and she wouldn't i think release because often they the composers will write out a part on a piece of paper and then later it gets compiled but i think she didn't like she tried to destroy documents around it or something or didn't release them and you know the theory is that she was trying to protect his reputation and it was never clear as to whether or not he did it himself or with the help of others it doesn't feel sneaky though it doesn't feel like He's taken somebody else's work and named it as his own. If it's a collaboration, it feels like a welcome, 
a welcome collaboration. Yeah, I think that's more her perspective after the fact, mm. saying, oh, I don't want this to take away from you know what he's accomplished if somebody did help him. Mm. But yeah, I think what they think is that he would have solicited the help from his close friends. And... Yeah, he wasn't using anyone. Mm. Um, regarding composing, there's another story that's unverified about him when he was in Italy um, at the Sistine Chapel. So I guess this is like the, um, the Pope's composer. <laughs> uh, wrote, what is it called? Find the name. Oh yeah. So this composer named Gregorio Allegri, he composed the Miserere mm -hmm. and he heard it performed a few times when he was in Italy. Is it true that he was able to transcribe the entire piece from memory after hearing it? Yeah, I feel like that's something he could definitely do. Yeah. He feels really talented by ear, just like listening to something. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah. If you can do that. Let me see if I have any other questions. Did you have any questions, Vic? No, I don't really know what to ask him. Yeah, one of my questions was, did he suffer from depression? And you said yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was his funeral like? It was like a lot of traditional black, dark, like people would have played his own music. Kind of feels like a period of mourning for like a whole city. Like it would have been a widespread mourning. And I do feel like he had close friends they maybe wouldn't have known about his emotional state, but trusted people that would have really cared and who looked up to him, respected him. It feels, it does feel like a dark time and a sad time for a lot of people. Hmm. And were there a lot of people at his funeral? Hmm. It almost feels like he's saying a lot of people knew him in a larger sense but they didn't really know the real him and he didn't really know them. So it feels like there could have been an extended set of people, like fans or, mm -hmm. I don't know, um, people who wanted to celebrate his life, but that like immediate funeral or burial was, was, would be more intimate, but that like, a large group of people would have celebrated him. Mm. I think it's kind of like these days, you know, if somebody dies, they kind of become more popular all of a sudden. Mm. And it was like that for him. Yeah. So he, his influence, I think, grew a lot right after he died. Um, people became a lot more interested in him and everything. So that's definitely true. And then they weren't sure if like, you know, in the movie, it's like he was buried in a mass grave because he had no money left. But he was actually starting to make money again that one year before mm. he died and it was paying off his debts. He'd been really broke before that and was like, there's a, there's a whole string of like pitiful letters asking people for loans and stuff like that. I do feel like people would have supported him. I don't think anyone would have let him be put in a mass grave. Yeah. Yeah, that was just in the movie and I don't think that's what happened. No. Um, but they also don't know, like was, was any, like was he buried with no pomp and circumstance whatsoever? Were there only a few people there? Because I think 
what people were saying is that there was nobody there, but that's just kind of how it was back in the day. Like people mm. didn't attend funerals like we do now for the, the big yeah, famous people. I don't think that it was, it's more like there's a celebration outside of actual ceremonial funeral burial that more people would have been at. Like, And then some people think that his close friends, there was a small group of people that yeah. did actually attend it. So it kind of seems to line up. I feel like, again, a close group of people and then a larger societal mourning of his life, but that wasn't the funeral. Yeah. Okay. I guess we could ask about Salieri, because in the in the Amadeus movie, he's got this big kind of nemesis, um, who's this other composer who, in the movie, they make it, he's just not as talented as Mozart, and therefore he resents him. Um, and he... I think was later accused of having poisoned Mozart, which made him a little crazy. Made Mozart crazy. No, made after Mozart died. Like this guy was really upset by that. But I'm wondering what was his actual relationship with Salieri? Um, feels like Salieri had more of a problem with Mozart than Mozart had with him. So I actually did have a problem with Mozart? I don't know why this is so hard today. I don't know, this topic doesn't feel very clear. Mm. Okay. I feel like I'm losing energy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything else that I wanted to ask specifically. Yeah, what's your general sense of him as we wrap up? A very big difference between how he was born as a child and how he acted then, and how he wanted to be, and how he was at the end. So it feels like a generally quite sad story, but then also this relief that he had music as a way, you know, he had something. He had his thing. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the purpose of that in the general context, context of the world? And where did his genius come from? that inspiration towards the end of his life it became more about him so his emotions his world was put into the music but then earlier on it doesn't feel as intense so it feels more like he's just very skilled and his dad would have had more of an influence of what the people would have liked, would have wanted, and then slowly he became, like he shifted and became more different. But still, to have that ability from such a young age and to be that successful, I don't think it's just him. I feel like he was meant to do that in this life. It seems like divinely inspired yeah. to get that kind of talent. But then I think towards the end it became more intense because of his own personal stuff. Okay. Anything else you want to add? Hmm. I was going to ask him what he thinks of rock and roll. (laughs) Um, Well, it's bad how much times have changed. (laughs) So it's just a different version. He was the rock and roll of his generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you so much, Mozart, for paying us a visit. Yeah, and thank you, Vic, for digging in there when it's hard Mm. today. Brandon, any thoughts? No, this this was a kind of a grueling one. It was like the energy was so yeah, it feels heavy. Yeah, it's almost like 
I was wanting to run. <laughs> mm, it's funny. Remember that at the beginning, we had a couple like Marco Polo. I was yeah. like exhausted at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. And a few others, but we haven't felt that in a while, actually. I've forgotten no. about it. Yeah, some of them feel like a struggle. And I'm like, oh, is that, am I not on point today on my game or? He seemed to struggle throughout his life. Yeah. Which is interesting because all this music just poured out of him. And yet it, he struggled. Four kids died. and Yeah. That's crazy when you really think about it, right? Lot. It's like nine months of pregnancy and then, and, ha- and that happening four times. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Great. Well, thank you everyone for listening. If you like this episode, please like and share and subscribe. And we will look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.